the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal. Mr.comer on weei.com. Podcast of 2020. Uh, this is technically the preview podcast of the Patriots Jets game on Sunday, but I don't think they'll be doing. We'll be doing much previewing of the game. No, I don't. Um, I uh, I did my usual. We talk about this. I do a main radio hit preview and and post game. Uh, I did the preview hit this morning because of the holiday and. They got to the end of the interview and they never asked me to um, predict the game or a score. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we, we've done it for like 15 years in a row, every game. We're going to stop now. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 go ahead. If you want to make, if you want to pick the game, pick the game. <laughs> like, Yeah. There's that's not, where we are. That's yes, where we are. There's not much intrigue to this game. Uh, I guess we should, I don't want to spend the whole podcast on Cam Newton, but it seems like he's starting again. Why? I would imagine. Isn't that how Bill put it? I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. And then he wasn't asked about it uh, Wednesday on the conference call. But right. I mean, I, what's it really ask at this point? It's not worth really pissing Bill off over it. And he, it, the last time he talked about it, he did say, if we're making a change, I'll let you know. Right. So, yeah, I, the, the one thing I found interesting this week from our purposes is that Cam did not do his weekly hit on our radio station on the morning show. And yep. didn't do it Tuesday, didn't do it Wednesday. I don't know if that's, I don't know. I, I don't know if you've heard behind the scenes information or whatever, but it's weird that he's done everything in a timely manner. Like, I think he's been really good about that. We've talked about that. And then he doesn't do it this week. Is it just like, you know, my, my Saturday radio host partner, Nick Cattles posed the idea, like, you know, mom always said, if you don't have anything good to say, you know, don't say anything at all. And what more can Cam say? And certainly Monday night, he vented a little bit. Um, but I, I just found that a little bit interesting that, you know, all we've said is he's handled all the off-field duties perfectly this year, and then this week he doesn't talk. Yeah, it's everything's in play. I don't want to speculate on guys doing radio hits or not, but it's possible. But he uh, is scheduled to talk today to the media via his usual Zoom. Yes, 4 o'clock, I believe. So I guess, I mean, that's another indication for if you're going to read between the lines through the Patriots and how they're putting things out there that he's the starting quarterback, so he's talking to the media. Um, my developing take is on why developing take. I like developing takes. Yeah. Why like Bill is sticking with cam through all this is that he hasn't shut the door on him returning and he doesn't want to piss him off in a way that would completely like eliminate the chance of him returning. Like I think Bill hasn't closed the door on cam returning in 2021. And now that's not saying he's a starting quarterback, but could be a mentoring guy for a rookie because, like we talked about, he's on everything right behind the scenes. But I'm just more and more that I think about it and this plays out the way it is, I think that there's a chance that Cam is back next year. Yeah, I think – I mean, I've thought that all along, and I was, I was sort of actually on board with it for a while until I reached my bottoming out point and said, you can't bring him back, he stinks. Yeah, I'm not um, saying it's the right thing to do, but that's just the way that I things look. But I'd also say, like, I, I don't like that. I don't like that – you're so you're sort of like bowing down to cam or something like I don't even know what I'd call it but would you normally start Stidham would you normally want to find out what's like so there's two reasons the question we've been asking for weeks now Stidham cam start that whole thing either either it's a cam answer like you're loyal to cam or you yep. whatever cam or you know Greg Bedard thinks that even if he leaves Bill needs cam to like 
give him a good letter of recommendation and say he treated me with respect or whatever that time that I was there because Cam holds up. Or it's a Stidham thing, right? Like the other side is it's a Stidham not quite ready. Your theory is kind of like, well, normally he might go to Stidham, but he doesn't want to piss off Cam. Or like, yeah. I don't think I love, I don't think I love that reasoning or that idea. Um, like, first of all, I would say, what the, what the hell else is Cam going to do? What, are there going to be teams lining up, beating down his freaking door? Well, according to Keyshawn Johnson, what do you say? 125% chance GM would be interested or something? Yeah. I, ridiculous. <laughs> um, the one thing I have talked myself into, though, one, one possibility place, Baltimore, where they've had RG3. RG3 came on, got hurt. I know they have uh, the great Chase McSorley, but, you know, they clearly want to have an athletic whatever. Yeah, but, like, Cam hasn't shown that this year. No, but well, I mean, he I know has, I know what you're saying, but like he hasn't proven that he could like run the ball. Like he seems slow in a way. Well, he, I mean, th- I said this yesterday. There's no better assessment of Cam than that um, that executive that said he's an aging running back. He's an yeah. aging tailback, power back, or whatever. Like that's what he is. Like, like that's my argument against it is that the only thing he's done well. I compared him to the old Leroy Horde joke, mm-hmm. where Leroy Horde, you know, said, "On second and one, I'll get you two. On right. first and ten, I'll get you two. Like that's all I'm getting you. That's what Cam is. He's like a yeah. Other than the the pure power like QB draw, like there's because I watch other things. You know, I was watching again. People get mad when you bring up this name for anything, but I was watching Mahomes run an option play. Like they have run, mm-hmm. it looks way better. Like he, I mean, obviously as a passer, he's light years ahead of Cam Newton. But so he runs it. He reads the end. He goes and then he ran it like a traditional option. He gets about five yards downfield and then he pitches it and they end up with like a fifteen yard like. I haven't seen that from Cam. I haven't seen anything from Cam other than short, power-based runs. And even some of those, we've talked about this, he looks either indecisive, awkward, old, like he kind of falls down instead of like – It's not like a power – like, I don't know. We've seen glimpses of it, but not consistently where he like lowers his shoulder and can run a guy older, over. Like he thought he could do that, but he just can't. Well, but I think he still can. We saw – that's what um, I was going to say. It's inconsistent. He did the other night with Poyer, right? Yeah, well, see, but he didn't even really – he kind of just took the hit, but he was the bigger, more powerful man in the hit. He was the hammer. Yeah. So you wonder, it's like, well, could he do that more? Could he lower a shoulder, run a linebacker over? Could he run a safety? Like, that's where the – I don't know that he's all in. I do think he's lost something as a runner. Yes. And he needs to become even more of a power runner. I don't know if he doesn't want to do that or if they have told him like not to, that would go in line with your thing. Like don't kill yourself. Cause listen, we're, we want to bring you back next year as a quarterback and we don't want you rehabbing from a, well, another thing along those lines, do you think he's hurt? Do you think the shoulders more of a thing that, than we've been led on to believe? Well, no, but those are two different things. Do I think the shoulders more of an issue? Yes. Do I think he's hurt? No. I think he is what he is at this point. I think yep. it's a, uh, it's a, this is the post-surgery, long career, physicality. Like, there's a lot of people that, you know, like you have these dream scenarios. Oh, you get it fixed and you're like no pain anymore. And you're back to, you know, you were 18 again, throwing the right. ball. Then there's others who surgeries, rotator cuffs, things, they just never. Heal to back to where they were, right? Yeah. And I, I think that's what he is. I think it's like in just, this is who he is. This is the broken down version, the aging version. And that's why, again, 
would there maybe be two teams interested for him to be their backup? Or I was going to throw out Washington with the Ron Rivera connection. Maybe, like, but that's why I think it's literally like a, and I think those are maybes, right? Maybe Washington, maybe Balt, like, but if there's, say, there's, let's just give him the complete benefit of the doubt. There's 32 teams. Let's say there's three or four maybes, five maybes. Yeah. Okay, maybes can go either way. So now we cut maybe down to two and a half or three teams, and maybe one of those is the Patriots and one is another. And it's like, do I really have to walk on eggshells to keep him around kind of thing? And that's what it feels like. Like they're walking on eggshells to got to keep Cam happy, got to respect Cam. Well, the other thing along those lines too is the contract. Because Cam for the first time this year brought it up the other night when he was venting. Like contract is what it is. And then also like these last couple weeks, he has playing time incentives that I think are like, it's a difference between $250,000 more or less. So I mean. But at the end of the day, does that really matter to Cam or even Bill? And you know how those work. If a guy's, you know, 2% short, they can just throw it in there because they feel bad for the guy. They do that all the time. And that might even be more valuable. Like, if he just earns it because he plays, okay. But if he doesn't, and, th- and then, like, he's a little bit mopey and Bill says, oh, by the way, we're, we're paying you that money either way. We respect everything. Like, I feel like that would almost do be-, be more valuable. Be better, right. Yeah. Um, plus, he's Cam Newton. I mean – He's probably made a hundred plus million on the football field, another twenty-five million in endorsements over his career. Like two hundred thousand dollars is the difference now. I also you you bring the contract up. To be fair, he had been asked about the contract a few questions earlier. Somebody said, like, you know, you you've talked about a job interview and now with your contract expiring. Yep. So I don't know if that was as much him bringing up the contract or just referencing that the contract had already been brought up. I didn't think about that. It's fair. I, like, it, I don't it think... It, be, yeah, yeah, it has to be in the equation, sure. Yeah, like the seed of the contract was planted in his head at that time. I don't think it was necessarily like... Unsolicited? Okay. Like he's been thinking about it. Damn, I ain't getting paid. This is bullshit. Like, whatever. Yeah, like That's how I took it, but you're right. I should look at it potentially being that, that way too. Yeah, I just... Giving him the benefit of the doubt there, but... um it's at this point though the other the flip side of that is so what if Stidham starts like I know like now you you get one game and I know it's better than no games like I believe one is better than none but I also do think like because the the Stidham angle of this like the many possibilities and in doing all the radio I've done the last couple weeks we've a lot we've hashed out like all the possibilities like COVID playing a factor, Bill knowing his roster stinks playing a factor, like Cam, like that he maybe they still, as Diana Russini said, love Jared Stidham and they don't want to break him. Like putting him out there with, you know, no receivers, no but tight then, end. But then why put him out there in these blowout games? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I'm t- I told well, you, we're just spitballing right. here. I got another uh, thing that I was, was thinking about yesterday. and It's just a theory. It's not even a theory. It's just like something that happened. It's just something that happened that I think we need to look at. Maybe something more is should be made of it. The summer. Remember when he, he missed that practice with the thigh? Or yep. Went to the hospital. There was varying reports. Yep. Like, I don't know. And then after that, he didn't do anything. And then everyone says that he wasn't competing as hard as they thought he should. Like, 
did something happen over the summer that we're glossing over that we don't know about? Like, I think also us not being in the locker room and having contact with people in the building less this year maybe factors into us not knowing the full story. Correct. I think we would have a better feel for this situation if we were there every day in the locker room, seeing him interact, like talking to other players more. I think you might get little snippets or hints or whatever. I think 100% that's true. Um, And I I do think, I still do believe that was weird. Because if you remember, I forget the exact days and time, but he, he went to the hospital reportedly. Yeah. And then like a day later, Josh was asked him like, oh yeah, he'll be on the field Sunday. Like, yeah, he, like, was, he, he went to the hospital like the night before, but then was at practice the next day, but didn't do much. And then Josh was asked that day about his status. And he's like, oh, yeah, he'll be on the field on Sunday. The next time yeah, he'll be ready to go Sunday or something. Yeah. And like, but again, I, I'm always hesitant to go down. Like, I, and then I mean, it was like a quad injury or a knee injury. Like there wasn't even an exact, an exact like body part. Right. But remember – this is this mirrors, and I've said this before. This mirrors that whole Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. He's not competing. He's not tough enough. It's a pain management. He should be out there. He screwed us, and Brissett has to play. Like, okay, so maybe that was true about Garoppolo, but Bill still apparently texted him every win and still kind of right. lusts after him and likes him. So that's and, and then remember also. So if Stidham fell so far behind, then he still made the leap after the Kansas city game from two to uh, three to two, like Correct. inactive, inactive, not ready, blah, blah, blah. Not yeah, if they really didn't like his compete level and everything like that. The why have him, why elevate him to the backup quarterbacks? Jeff? Right. So there's a lot of tea leaves to be read here that you can read in different directions, depending on which leaf you think is most important. I still tend to think they believe that he he can compete for a job next year. I don't know if that means a starting job. I'm finding it harder and harder to believe, like, year two jump, year three jump. Oh, he'll be ready. Like, I mean, you're either ready or you're, you're either a future NFL starter or not. And if- Even in these mop-up games, like, yeah, he had that touchdown to Gunner, but he hasn't had that, like, moment. They're like, eh, this guy maybe have something. It's kind of just like, well, it looks a little bit better than Cam, but it doesn't look that great. Right, and – I still think he's not – I still think he's like a backup. I, I, I don't – there hasn't been enough indication of any type that he is a future starting quarterback. I mean, literally, one of the only things I can think of is the James White quote when we asked him about Stidham, I mean, and he was very praiseful. But yeah. James White is pretty praiseful of most people. I think that's right. his fallback kind of thing. I actually did it again the other day because I – who did I ask him about? I kind of did it in ten, oh, J.J. Taylor. And I kind of did it intentionally because I wanted to see how not as much that I wanted to know about J.J. Taylor, but how he would handle another young up. And, yep. and he was very, very praiseful of J.J. Taylor. I think you might just get that on James White from just about everybody. Yep. So other than that, we don't have a lot to work with as to why we should believe that Stidham is a starter, what he's doing on the practice field. Right. And that's where that lends everybody to say, well, you know, if he were better on the practice field, Bill will play him. Well, okay, maybe that's right. I don't know. I'm not there. I don't know. All right. Well, there'll be plenty of other podcasts to discuss the Newton, Stidham, whatever angle. Because that's Wait, we're going to have to keep doing this in the offseason? We probably so, are. I mean, unless we get a – like, I don't think Bill is going to make some declaration in his Monday press call. Declaration. Declaration. Sorry. Uh, in his Monday Zoom season-ending Zoom press conference about the future of the position. So, we will no be No chance. No I, chance, because if you remember last year, oh, when they lost to the Titans, he wasn't yeah. prepared to talk about Tom Brady. <laughs> he 
He wasn't? Why are you not prepared? So the only way I think we'll get an answer, and this is, but like if on, you know, February 20 something, you know, the, the Lions and Patriots are deep in trade talks regarding Matthew Stafford. Because he's a guy that would arrive and like, he's the starter. Like there's no questions anymore. You trade right. for Matthew Stafford. He's your starter. Right. Other than that, this there's could be a competition between whoever you bring in. Yeah, I mean, it could be, um, you know, Jarrett Stidham, Kyle Trask, and Ryan Fitzpatrick or Cam Newton. Could be those three guys, and we're just doing this whole thing again in July, and hopefully with more access and more of a normal I hope so. Because like, like I said earlier, I think that this whole, like, Cam Stidham thing, like, the coverage of it hasn't been as good as it should be because of the access. Like, it's just right. the way that it is. Right. Um, the other uh, – Albert Breer, did you read his story in Sports Illustrated yesterday, last night, about the uh, Patriots? Uh, nope. Oh, well, you should probably read this before you do your radio show. Well, you should probably tell me before you drop it. I'm like Charlie Casserly. Don't bring up subjects we didn't talk about in the production meeting. So, Breer did a deep dive into the Patriots' struggles this year and had a few interesting nuggets, some quotes from executives, anonymous executives, whatever. But one of his takeaways was that Belichick trusts his college coaching friends over his scouts and he used the Harry example where Harry supposedly crushed his in-house workout or in-house visit. And then Todd Graham, his former coach at Arizona state gave a good review. Belichick's a good friend of Graham. And then despite warnings from the scouts in house, Belichick went ahead and drafted Harry and everyone knows how that turned out. And then Breer said, that's not the first time that's happened. The only time that's happened. He referenced Anthony Jennings uh, this past year. So, do you, is there something to that? Like, could you see Bill sort of ignoring or, or taking his college friends, you know, over his in-house scouts? Yeah, I would add potentially Chip Kelly to that. Yep. Or uh, Devin Asiasi uh, this year. Um, now, we've also – it's gone the other way. The, the classic example was Jermaine Cunningham and Carlos Dunlap, where yep. apparently Urban Meyer, Bill, you know, kept telling him he liked Cunningham, and Meyer's like, no, Dunlap is better. Dunlap is the guy you should be – and they took Cunningham. He's out of the league, you know, a couple years later, and Dunlap's having a long, impressive career with the Bengals going one pick later. Um, so I think it's prob- – it does get back to on a bigger scheme. And I actually thought Bill's answer the other day on our station to um, – a somewhat pointed question from Gary Tangway about, you know, do you need more help or something in the personnel department? And Bill didn't say no. <laughs> he yeah. said, well, the way it works, that usually comes after the draft more than it comes like, but he didn't say no. Like I thought it was a really telling answer. So you were in that, that he, that was just his way of dodging the question. That was an admission. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, no, I, I, if he had full confidence, I think he would just say, you know, I think we have full confidence in our scouting staff in that department. I think Nick does a great job leading that group, but I would go down through and he would list names and everything. He said, you know, that might be a consideration after the draft. And this goes back years, whether, you know, how he changes the grades when they're in the system late and how he overrules scouts and the board and all of those things going back to Michael Hawley's book you know there were quotes about that and different things and sometimes that's how you end up with these weird second round picks and well that was another thing in the story too another executive scout whatever mentioned that jordan richards pick that he was taken in the second round and they said their board had him as an undrafted guy right and those are classic examples and i think that's gone on for years in good drafts and bad 
Um, now, obviously, there have been more bad drafts than good, I would say, in recent years, and, and that's a, an issue as to why they are where they are right now. Um, there has been departures. There's the opportunity for returns in that department, obviously, because there's guys available like Bob Quinn who gets axed and some of that. I mean, it's interesting. It's hard to really – because even those executive things, like, it's all from outside. It's all from Correct. afar. It's, and that's where I'm hesitant. But I do think it's safe to say, like, you wrote it yesterday about the coaching staff. I do think there are questions about it's only guys, for the most part, coaching staff, personnel that just work their way up through the ranks. They're beholden to Bill. They don't know anything other than Bill. And Well, also, they're inexperienced. And I don't think that's good. Like, it's not – like sometimes it's, I think it's okay the, to have a couple of guys there, but when your whole defensive staff is like new, it's that's hard. Right. And you know, the same thing, like some, you know, Brian Smith is a guy that was literally bears Nigerians intern when he was in college and he's worked his way up to a high level. And I'm not saying he's not good, but he's only been with bill and bears and Nick and like, he knows one thing. And I think sometimes you just need a second pr- perspective or an alternate or, or, right. you know, that ability to question. And we've talked about this a lot over the years. It, it started post-Pioli as the early years of Nick. Is there enough people to push back? And did Pioli used to be that guy? And he's gone. And Well, Bill even referenced that, too, the other – I think it was two weeks ago on OMF where he said, like, what, what was it? He was talking about his sons, how they're not yeah. afraid to push back and said he had guys like Bears and Ernie. But, like, that wasn't – I think that was an admission that a lot of his coaching staff members don't push back as much as some others do because they're either they're afraid of to do that or they don't know any better. They don't know any different. Even like even a guy that I I think people around here like to mock, but like Matt Patricia, the, he like was the spearhead for, he took their scouting and stuff to a whole new level digitally. Like he asked questions, you know, he's a rocket scientist or whatever. And like, even in that way, like, why do we still do it this way? Like, why do we, you know, handwrite this report when a guy could do it into a laptop and cut out a, a, a phase or something. You know what I mean? Like even that idea, like fresh ideas, outsiders, perspectives that I think sometimes do get lost. And those are the things that are going to be more important this off season and now than ever. Cause you're at a, you're at a fork in the road. Do you become a, you know, just a washing machine that just is turned over on, or do you turn it around? Cause I think the opportunity is there for a quick rebuild, quick turnaround but now you blow these picks, there's no safety net. There's no Tom Brady. Right. There's no – you're going to lose even more and more veterans. Gilmore could be gone. McCourty could be gone. Slater – like, now you're really talking about, wow, if we don't hit and rebuild a core and lay a foundation for the future, we're porked. Um, so I, I, I think that's plausible that there's some questions there. And it'll be interesting to see what they do. You know, everybody focuses on the quarterback, but the coaching staff, Josh McDaniels, Jed Fish already left. I think a lot of people would have said, oh, maybe Jed Fish will be the coordinator if Josh leaves. Well, he's gone too. Now this whole Adam Gase love affair or whatever there. Do you want to put some hype into that? Um, See, I think the issue there is, I think it's a Josh thing. That's what I was going to say. So if Josh leaves, would Bill take Gase or is it like a Josh thing? Maybe maybe Josh would bring Gase to be his offensive coordinator or whatever somewhere else. That's a good Um, point. And we had, uh, I thought it was interesting, we had Mike Reese on yesterday on, on our airwaves, and he, his gut tells him Josh will be back. He doesn't that's think. I, that's what I think, too. He doesn't think, like, J- 
Jacksonville or San Diego or LA is going to throw a job at him that he'd have to jump at so that Josh will be back. And I think that's actually a good thing um, yes. in a way. I well, it is. See, I don't know because it could be okay, a good thing. Let's say Josh leaves. Like, that you're like blowing everything up. And how can, like, Bill would be pulled in so many different directions. Like, he needs to put more emphasis on the scouting staff and the draft and the free agency. Then now he needs to pay more attention to the offense. And then same thing with the defense. Like, that's just too much for a guy to do. Right, but it's going to be an issue likely at some point. So my, the, my only hesitation to say it's a good thing is, say Josh comes back this year, you draft your quarterback. Let's just say it's Mac Jones, whatever. Sure. So he starts a year under Josh, then Josh leaves. What happens? Like, is there a dramatic shift in the, you, I mean, probably Josh, not. How do you know that Josh is going to leave? Uh, we don't. I mean, he has definitively said he wants to, right? I mean, if you believe him at his he, word. He, he wants to be head coach again, absolutely, yep. Right. So – when that is, where that is. I mean, because the answer to that could be, yeah, he's going to be a head coach here in two years because Bill's late, whatever. Right. Um, I just think, I mean, I guess if Bill is still here, you're always going to have the same system you're always, or some basic system. And so if Josh leaves, you replenish it. And, you know, there's options that are out there, will be out there that have ties that might be able to, you know, Billy O'Brien is the most obvious one. He was their offensive coordinator. And I don't what think – I wanted to ask about like those guys. Like, what do you think Bill O'Brien, if he came back to the Patriots, what role would he like take? Well, I think he would. I mean, probably be assistant head coach and offensive coordinator or something. But like, like what he? But I'm saying with Josh, it kind of like. Oh, with Josh, I don't yeah. think he would come back with Josh. That's what, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that, no, 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 it doesn't no. make any sense. He would sense. be if Josh left. If Josh right. went to Jacksonville or L.A. Okay. or somewhere. All right. Um, but I'm not even sure in that scenario he's as like a slam dunk candidate or whatever yeah like Um, i think there's more of a case for patricia yes definitely more of a case for patricia i would agree with that because he's also worked directly with belichick all those steve yeah but steve most importantly so like it there's a weird scenario there because it's bill's son like he's not the defensive coordinator he's the play caller so if he weren't bill's son and then they brought somebody else in now to be the defensive coordinator he'd probably feel slighted like, wait a minute, I called plays for two years and like, right. so I might as well leave. You're basically demoting me. You're firing me. But I don't know that he would look at it that way because he's that's his dad and he's working with his dad and he's worked with Matt, the guy they're bringing in above him. And he might know behind the scenes, maybe maybe Bill has more of a, of a, a role in the play calls than maybe we think. Like maybe right. Bill's doing more behind the scenes than we think and we're giving a lot of credit to Steve when it's really Bill. So my prediction is Matt will come back. Matt will be the assistant head coach defense and Steve Belichick will be named defensive coordinator. That's my prediction. But then who's calling the place? Matt? Uh, Matt Patricia. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Steve gets a, like a, he looks good. He got a promotion. He's the coordinator. Matt comes back to oversee everything. He's that guy. And that would open up Bill to do more offensively. Cause you know how like right now it kind of bills the head coach of the defense. Josh well, that's if that's, but even if that's if Josh staying too, you still think he would do more on offense? Like I think in that scenario, he would do more of like Nick's stuff. Um, well, yeah, some of that, but I don't think there's that much of that during the season. I think that gets I, over. I would agree. Like during the season, you're basically working out emergency kickers and making sure you know who the linebackers are available in case you have an injury like that. So I don't, 
I think, yeah, he would go to the offensive side because I think the offensive side has the bit like you're talking about potentially your top players at tight end, wide receiver, quarterback, like a whole like yep. change of your core. But even, even, even with the coaching staff, just look at the guy. Like, Ivan Fears has, has been around a long time, whatever, but, like, Nick Cayley, Mick Lombardi, Cole Popovich, Carmen Brasillo, those guys are young, like, very yep. inexperienced. And so, oh, yeah. yes, yes, you do need to have sort of another older guy to keep things, you know, going in the right direction. You could even say, like, you know, Josh is overseeing the quarterback and Bill is overseeing the rest kind yes. of thing, whatever. Um Wow, this really turned into an off-season podcast. You know, there's well, a game. What else is what else is there to talk about? <laughs> you really want to talk about uh, breaking down Sam Darnold and you know, Jets aren't going to have Frank Gore this week. So how are they going to spend the run? Um, Frank Gore hasn't really been that good. I would agree. Nobody on the Jets is really that good offensively. I mean, Crowder, I guess. The- Darnold, even Darnold of late, like everybody's like, oh, he's really seemed like he. Well, he's been better, but he's not like. If he was available, do you think Bill would take a run at him? Um, probably. Interesting. I mean, I, well, he's, I, I do think those guys are interesting. There's so many teams where if their quarterback becomes available, does he become an option for you? And yep. like, you know, certainly the Jets, the Giants, the Falcons, you know, there's different, there's the young ones and there's the old ones, right. but there's, Seems like there's almost like a half dozen of those where is that team going to be looking for a quarterback so that their quarterback becomes available? Would you want their sloppy seconds, so to speak, and that kind of thing? Um, but, like, do you think Darnold stinks? I don't think he stinks, but I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. And that's a that's a discussion I actually got in with Cattles yesterday. Like, Stafford, if you trade for Stafford, you know who the quarterback is. Yep. For now and for the foreseeable future. However long his contract is, yeah, two, three years. And maybe beyond that. Like, sure. like he's, a, he's a top 10 type quarterback, whatever. Then you get into these obvious bridges, whether it's Cam, whether it's Fitzpatrick, they're sort of the other end of the spectrum. And then you got like the middle of the pack, like Jimmy Garoppolo, let's just say. Like his age would say he's your guy. Uh, yeah. But his injury history would say he might not be your guy. Right. Like, that's the one thing you can say about Cam is he's been out there every week other than the weird, you know, coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I think that's, like, a weird – like, would could Jimmy Garoppolo come and they still add a high quarterback? Like a – probably not a first-round pick, but like a second – let's say a second-round pick at quarterback. Yes. Right, and that's – And the same, th- same thing with Sam Darnold. I think they would do the same thing. Yes. Yeah. That's my point. Like, that's where I started. Like he, he's definitely in that class where you're like, Hmm, did they bring him in? Cause they think he's a franchise quarterback. Is he just really competing with, you know, um, could be Stidham and a draft pick could be Stidham and a journey. Yeah, I think that'd be, that's their best case scenario is get guys with high upside and maybe they just flash into your system and show a lot in training camp. I think that they need to go into training camp next year with different options. I like, I, I, I don't want to say Matthew Stafford's not the answer, but I think that they should go into training camp having different options to play out. Because well, like I would, agree. I would if agree. If you have if you have Stafford, he's your guy. Yeah, and I would agree. Now Stafford is your guy. Um, trying to think, like Matt Ryan, if you somehow acquired him, he's your guy. Yeah. Um, trying to think of the name, uh, Carson Wentz. 
I don't know if he's your guy. Like, he's he, more he, like Garoppolo. Maybe the same thing as Garoppolo and, and those yeah. guys. But, I mean, it's not that different than over the last year plus in, you know, Patriot South, Miami, where they had Ryan Fitzpatrick. They brought in Josh Rosen because he became available, right? Yeah. Then they go get Tua, and Rosen moves up. Like, they've kind of played that different tiers of quarterback game, and we'll see they what – figure out what works. And I think that's right. – I don't know how close like Brian Flores and Bill Belichick are still like, I don't know, maybe Bill should talk to him and say, you know, how did you manage this? How did you go about this? I don't know. I, I think that we should, he should look at what they did in Miami because I think it worked and it's, you know, right. it's working clearly. Well, maybe though. The only problem is the, the franchise QB has been yanked the last few weeks and you still kind of have a weird quarterback controversy yeah. dynamic there. I mean, they like – clearly they think, too, is the future. The question is, is he the present? Is he ready? But this is – this is interesting because it's just been – we've talked 30 years. Patriots haven't had to deal with this for 30 years. And now suddenly you're in this weird washing machine of quarterback decisions and, and whatever it may be where you're saying, yeah, Sam Darnold's better than what we got and he might be our guy. And, yeah, we would take a chance on the injury-riddled Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever and – and then just the, the market. You know, my prediction, you see my predictions coming right? Zach Wilson is going to be the second quarterback drafted in this draft. He is going second. I would agree. Um, he's, he's, yes, he's done a lot. Over the last, whatever, three weeks since his bowl game, he's yeah, clearly it, risen the, the draft boards already. Yep. And um, Kyle Trask has gone the other direction. Well, see, and he got porked a little bit, and that could actually help the Patriots. I was like, just – I was saying that earlier when we were talking about quarterbacks. That – like his performance last night and all the opt-outs that Florida had probably helped the Patriots. And you know what the, the thing I thought of? Cause I did, I thought of that. Like everybody's like, you know, Oh, you don't want this guy. And I was like, well, that might help you get that guy at a better value. Cause he'll be available. Also, yep. Go ahead. That game may have been the reason Jared Stidham isn't playing. Jared Stidham would have been Kyle Trask out there with no weapons to work with. And suddenly he looks like crap and it's right. not his fault. Right. Right. I mean, yes. they had like, whatever that graph, you know, they put the graphic up with pits and the receiver and it's like, yeah. holy crap, like 25 touchdowns aren't on the field right now. He doesn't have those guys available to him. Right. And that was the, what I thought of like Jarrett Stidham. That's what he could have looked like for the month of December. If he goes out there, he has no weapons. They're going to stink. He's going to be throwing picks. Who knows what that does to his psyche. It's certainly going to increase the, the criticisms from afar. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. There's a lot two, of quarterback. Two, two quick topics before we get out. Uh, this could be the last game for a number of Patriots free agents to be. Let's go through them quick and just give me your gut. David Andrews. Back. James White. Gone. Lawrence Guy. I also, um, real yep. quick on James White. Yep. Sad to me because I really like James White. He's not as good as he used to be. Is he not as good as he used to be because of the quarterback? That's what I said for about the first uh, 12 weeks of the season. When was the last time he made somebody miss? Like, I just – I see him catch those swing passes now, and I feel like he used to have a little bit of that Welker, Edelman, always makes the first guy miss, falls forward. Now I feel like the first – like, he catches you – know, let's say third and six, he catches it at the line of scrimmage, and he gets two. Fourth and four, let's punt. Like, I hate criticizing him, but I haven't seen him – I got a uh, developing take on where he could be playing next year. Tampa Bay? I would agree with that. I think that's a good call. Also, not just because of Brady, but it's close to his family in Florida. Like, I'm sure he wants to be closer to his mom. Mm. Yeah. Tampa Bay or Miami. Miami. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but I just 
I'm not all in. I'm not saying he's done or he's toast from what I've, and certainly the quarterback and the timing and everything matters. I'm just not sure he hasn't lost a little something. Fair. Uh, Rex Burkhead, same room. Rex Burkhead back. I don't think he's going to be ready to start the year. So I think it's not like, Bill, just tell him back if you're ready to go. We'll take you whenever you're ready. Like, it won't be a big right. contract. There's no real risk there. So, yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. Um, Lawrence Guy. That's a tough one. He, he could I'm get gonna, paid. He could get some decent money. I'm going to say he goes somewhere because he just – he's a family guy, and he's going to have to look at it and say, wait, you offered how much? You said – what was that number you offered? Right. I mean, it's his last contract. He's aging. He's yep. – yeah, I'm going to say he's gone. He gone. Uh, not a free agent. Well, I guess, yeah, Jason McCourty. He is a free agent. Um, should probably be gone, but I never know the, the McCourty dynamic thing right. there because, yeah. I, I mean, I w- I'm, I'm going to say gone. Joe Tooney. I got to say gone, right? Like, I've seen this I whole, know. like, a lot of people think he, they're going to re-sign him now, give him, like, a long-term deal. Why? I, I don't think so. Cause, and I thought Bill's stuff with Michael and Wenu uh, yesterday was pretty interesting. I could see a scenario they move him back inside to guard and replace Tooney. It makes him expendable. But then who plays tackle? If Marcus Cannon? I don't know. You, you, oh, I think he gone. I don't know. You're right. I don't know. And it's more valuable. It's more likely. if Let's just say Andrews comes back, Shaq comes back, on Wenu's your right tackle, wins your left tackle – I feel like you can find a guy, whoever it is, whether he's on the roster or not, or, or to find to play one of the guard spots easier than one of the tackle spots. So yeah. I think on when it was going to be a tackle, it's more valuable. Well, I was also just thinking too when they were discussing it, like if they sit down, like maybe on when he said, Bill, I, like I can make a lot more money in this league if I'm a tackle. Right, right. So maybe I, I want to be a tackle because he's, he's played the position well. It's not like he's. It's not like he's filled in nicely. Like, he's been above average for the entire league. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. He's good. He's good. Yeah. And I found it interesting when Bill said, um, I don't know if he used the word surprise, but he's like, surprised us. And I think surprised him as well. Yeah. Wendo said the same thing three weeks ago when he was asked about it. So, I think this worked out well for everybody involved. Yeah. Uh, Demir Bird. Uh, Gone. What what are you keeping him around for? He stinks. No offense, Demir. He's a but, solid number four guy. I thought like maybe like he'd be come back on the cheap. Like I don't know. Isn't that like Jacoby Myers? He's the guy that come back. I like that. Like the key. If there's a holdover, it's Myers. Harry. Edelman, assuming he doesn't retire, got to keep Harry. So, yeah, so Edelman, what's your gut on him? I think he'll be back. Do you? I think the shutting it down, which clearly they've shut him down, is a sign like why are we going to put you out there and waste a bullet? We want you back next year. You get like, and he's cheap. There's no reason. There's really no reason unless he wants to be gone. Well, that was my thing. If he's, if he's not going to be here, I think it's because he doesn't want to be part of this, you know, rebuild in a way and sort of, I don't know, like go to a team that he's going to be the, the, the third option, sort of like a Danny Amendola role a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, I guess if he wanted to, and they felt like they could get something for him, but my guess is he's back. Uh, am I missing any other big name free agents? Uh, bu- 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 I don't think so. Well, I mean, he's not a free agent, but Gilmore. Oh, Gilmore. Um, he gone. I guess. I get to pay him. What? You want to pay him? No, I would just say deal with your contract. 
Yeah, but, but uh, what about J.C. Jackson? Just first round RFA tender, pay him, play it out. I, Malcolm Butler, he's Malcolm Butler 2.0. You play it out, and then but, you decide. But in this in this scenario, with the if you're comparing Butler to Jackson in this offseason, they signed a, a big name corner. No, next yeah. offseason they signed a big name corner. No. No, when when Gil, when Butler was a restricted free agent, they signed Gilmore. They did. Yeah, because Butler because all the questions were why you're you're upset that the because Gilmore and Butler were on the team together. Oh, I literally had no recollection of that. Yeah, that offseason, the big questions were Butler was pissed off that the Patriots paid Gilmore and gave him nothing and basically screwed him by having him pay play on that last tender. Really? Yeah. You sure about that? I'm almost positive. Now you're almost positive? I don't like when you're almost positive. Well, now you're making me worry because I wrote a whole story about this. That's why I think I'm right because I looked it up. Oh, okay. If you looked yeah. it up, you're fine. Yeah. Because Gilmore signed in what? 18? 20, 19, 18, 17, didn't he? Five-year so, deal. He's got one left. So you're saying they didn't play together? They definitely played together. I don't know. Look it up. You got a computer? So do you. I know, but I'm not good at multitasking. Well, this is this is great for a podcast. Me looking this up. Second guess. Fine. It's what a podcast for. It's not live radio. It's a podcast. You get what you get. If you get upset, don't listen anymore. No, it'd I be really twenty seven. It'd be a twenty seventeen season, correct? Yeah. He signed for seventeen. Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. He's got one left. Five years, sixty five million. Yeah, 2018 was the first season that Butler left. Twenty In 2017, the Patriots had Malcolm Butler and Stephon Gilmore. Huh. Really didn't so remember that at all. So that's why I think, like, this offseason, like, I don't I think that J.C. Jackson is going to be back on the first-round tender. But, like, what happens to the other cornerback position? I just I, – I mean, I'm steadfast in my belief. I would not give Malcolm uh, – Stephon Gilmore a big – No, a uh, I don't know about Jackson. I'm, I'm questioning what he is. We are seeing him as a number one. And I've said all along, if you become a true number one, the whole job changes and it's a lot harder. Um, I just, I would not sign a 31 year old cornerback to a new multi-year deal. I, I just, I wouldn't. Yeah. If I can get Gilmore back at $7 million for one year. Yep. Yeah. Bring him back. But all signs seem to point to, he doesn't want any part of that. Right. Correct. Okay. So I don't want him back on a new deal. Last thing before we go, uh, we have a lot of crossover listeners, I think, between the PU po- podcast and our own podcast. Yes. You see, what the hell were they doing yesterday with Giardi on a cologne thing? Did you see this? I did. I didn't listen. I saw the uh, graphic that came out of it, and I enjoyed it. It made me chuckle a little bit. Um, but, like, this is what happens when the Patriots are out of the playoffs where we're talking about Mike Giardi and a cologne thing? Well, you know, you got to fill, you know, a couple hours every day during a holiday week and – you do what you got to do when you have a little fun with it. And yes, Mike Lombardi is, I mean, uh, Mike, Mike Giardi. Oh, he's not going to like that. Yeah. No, he won't like that. Uh, <laughs> hey, he's, he smells good. I can understand why they're going down that road. He's a man. I've always said when you get into one of those scrums in the locker room. You want to be next to him. Yes. Cause there's a lot of guys you do not want to be next to. I'm probably one of those guys you don't want to be next yeah, to. More people than you want to be not next to the next. to. Yes. So yeah, I did see that graphic making the rounds on uh, Twitter and uh, Hey, they had a little fun. Good, good for them. I don't. Something tells me that wouldn't happen if you were still around. Of course it would. Why wouldn't it? I don't know. I think that like you wouldn't have let that get off the rails. Like you would have sw- swung it back. 
I see, I never know. We used to joke about that a lot because sometimes I would be the one getting way off the rails. And then other times I'd be like, are we going to talk some football here? Or are we just going to screw around and talk perfume? <laughs> are we talking perfume or are we talking a football? I like to talk about the fullback position. I do feel bad that we've none of us listened to the actual segments. I don't know how it came up. Or <laughs> <laughs> now we're like criticizing them. I don't Whatever. Know. They're I, having I, fun. It's the week between Christmas like it used to be Jets week was a special week, like rivalry week, whatever. The reality is it stinks. It's two teams that aren't very good. In fact, you may not be the better team in the matchup, the momentum, the Jets have won a couple games, whatever. So if they get off the rails a little bit for a little, you know, making fun of or acknowledging Mike Giardi's odor, whatever, I'm okay with it. All right. All right. Are we Just picking want- the game? What? Are we picking the game? Oh, I, I guess we probably should continue. We can't do it for all 15 games and just stop nice. at the 16th. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Homer. Jets 21, Patriots 20. Whoa, Jets win. I'll be the Homer. I just, I'm sorry. I don't see Bill Belichick letting the Jets come in in the season finale to call, send his team into the offseason with another loss. I think the Patriots find a way to win like. 24 16 or something in that range imagine if they lose by one point to the jets to go six and ten the jets have a three-game winning streak you have a three-game losing streak right four right four. i don't know i didn't know malcolm well, they lost to the four. Ra- rams dolphins bills jets before oh yeah four game losing streak to end the postseason i mean to end the regular season so yep. That'd be a tough way. Bill will have to issue, you know, the thing he said the other day with the OMF, like, you know, looking forward to next year and, and competing better, coaching better, like, like that, yeah. which I thought was interesting. It was a little like Cam Newton. It was a little like, I accept the challenge. I want the job. It was like a, he was kind of pumping his own tires for next year. I took, it as a, I took it as an apology. Yes. Yeah. But that's my point. Like he's kind of acknowledging I wasn't good enough. We weren't good enough this year. I want to be back. I will be better. Like I promise. Like he, like a, a first term senator who's like, you know, it didn't go great, but I, I would like to have your vote again because I think I can be better next term, kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Also, probably a little bit of, no, I'm not retiring. Don't ask me if I'm retiring. Don't ask me if my focus is. Yeah, that's healthy. always my like thing this time of year because it's always kind of like assume that he's back, but it's not 100 percent because no one knows his contract. So it's kind of like a weird thing. Like you ask him, you just assume like. Right. He's 68 years old. You're coming off a terrible season. You have a terrible roster in part because of your drafts and free agency and all that in recent years. It's fair to ask. Uh, just double checking, Bill. Are you coming back? And do they want you back and all that? Like, how's that Usually work? Usually that's a Mike Reese thing in the first, like, opening of this, his postseason press conference, like Monday morning, whenever that is. And if Bill has a sense of humor, how about this, Mike? I'll let you know if we're making any changes with my career. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I would laugh at that. I think that would actually be funny. All right, well, uh, we'll have a podcast after the game, I guess, right? <laughs> yes, it's a game. Like, everybody – there's only 16 NFL games. This is a game we, we make our living covering the Patriots and their games, and everybody is like, well, do we still have to go to this game? Do we still have to talk about this game? Do we have to I will say, game? I will say, there weren't as many uh, media members in the press box last Monday night. A lot of people covered it from home. They shouldn't be there. It's a waste of time. It adversely affects your ability to cover the game. It stinks. Right? I told you that in week one. Like, this is awful. Yes. You see a little – some things that you don't see on TV, but especially for a Monday night game, it's not really – There's the game's very minimal. Right. And so, so are you predicting that 
there even for a one o'clock game will there be less no because i think the one o'clock game is different than the night game i think people will be there okay i won't be <laughs> all right well uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you sunday night with the po- our last post-game edition of the season sounds good peace out